sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hello, guys. As you heard, I'm Mark Crutcher. And as you also heard, I'm joined by my comical sidekick, Sarah Waits, who Hello, is everyone. lurking nearby. I get a lot of compliments on that lurking because they have this Do picture. you really? Because I don't feel like you do. Yeah, I, I really do. I feel like this is a made-up thing in your head. No, I, I really do get a lot of compliments <laughs> on that. And they picture you like an alligator lurking in the swamp <laughs> nearby, you know. Yes, that's exactly how I got onto this podcast, was by doing something like that. Anyway, um, this time we've got a lot of news News. stories we want to get to. Yeah, and I want to kick things off by talking about something that came out in an email by the people who wrote the full untold story about Gosnell and then later went on to produce the movie. And that is... This is the abortionist mm-hmm. that's now in prison. As, yes, where, where he, he rightfully belongs. Rightfully belongs for mm-hmm. the crimes against humanity that this guy committed. They have other projects as well. And I'll put the link to their website so you can see the other stuff that they work on. But they're looking to do a new project aimed at, quote, exposing the truth about Hollywood, Roe versus Wade, and the abortion industry. Now, if you haven't read our Pro-Life Voice newsletter, I really recommend that you do. When you subscribe to that, we can also send you past editions of the newsletter in PDF form. And in one of the editions that we put out, I wrote an article about the role Hollywood and abortion play. And of course, there's been this big push to put abortion storylines in television and movies, especially those aimed at teenagers. They're trying to mainstream abortion. Yeah, they're trying to not only mainstream it, but they're trying to change the way people think about the people who do it and what it looks like. And they present this nice, clean, streamlined clinic where everyone's so nice and it's so safe. There's nothing bad about it. Bears no resemblance to the reality. Exactly. But according to these two journalists, they report that Hollywood uses a Planned Parenthood script doctor whose job it is to weave abortion into popular movie scripts. They say that her name is Karen Sprutch and that Sprutch has told the Washington Post in 2019 that in addition to Obvious Child, Planned Parenthood has advised Hollywood on more than 150 movies and shows. These include Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Jane the Virgin, The Deuce, the Fosters, and Parenthood. And I'd like to point out that a number of those that were listed, again, were shows that are mainly aimed towards millennials and Gen Z. Right. Well, again, they're trying to make it look like abortion is just a mainstream deal. Everybody has one. Mm-hmm. No uh, big deal. It's no big deal. You're not doing anything wrong. That Planned Parenthood and the people who do this are legitimate medical providers. Yep. Yeah. So if you watch a lot of old movies... Mm-hmm. You'll see that a lot of the people in there smoke. Yeah. Smoke cigarettes. And that was common. I mean, in, mm-hmm. in my parents' generation. You could smoke on airplanes. You could smoke in, yeah. <laughs> almost everybody in my parents' generation smoked. Smoking used to be advertised as healthy. It, it would right. have a cough, smoke a cigarette, have a headache, Re- smoke a cigarette. stress. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. There was a time when Hollywood was told we need to get all this smoking off the air because we're trying to teach kids not to smoke. You can't do that if their heroes on the screen are all smoking. Yeah. So you started seeing this and it happened like almost overnight that Hollywood didn't show people on screen smoking. But imagine if they decided they wanted to uh, show smoking in a positive light and they hired somebody from the tobacco industry 
to be a consultant to mm-hmm. how you show smoking. What's the proper way to show smoking mm-hmm. in movies? Yeah. That's what these people are doing. Oh, absolutely. When you hire somebody from Planned Parenthood, the nation's number one abortion profiteer, when you hire somebody from that organization to show you how you integrate abortion mm-hmm. into movies and television, what do you think the result of that's going to be? It's going to be more abortions. That's what they're shooting for. Just but, the fact that they have one of these tells you everything that you need to know. It tells you everything you need to know about the media and about Hollywood. Yeah, and when I was doing the research for that article that I wrote in the Pro-Life Voice, there is researchers who actually track the number of abortion storylines. And I can't remember if it was 2020 or 2021, but they were lamenting that there wasn't as many as that they were wanting for that year. Positive stories. Yes. What a great thing abortion is. And yeah. it saved my life and I... I was able to become a nuclear physicist because I had an abortion, mm-hmm. all this other garbage. Anyway, um, we had another pretty interesting story crop up here in the last few days. We've talked in the past about this thing of women on waves. Okay, for someone who does not know what women on waves is, what is women on waves? Well, it's this pro-abort somewhere in Europe who's put together an old fishing trawler boat Yes, and literally. They, literally. And yes. they take it out onto the high seas in places where abortion is prohibited. And mm-hmm. you can go out to this ship in international waters, which therefore it doesn't fall into any laws of a in country, country or a yeah. city or a state or anything like that. And they'll do abortions for you out here. And it's called Women on Waves. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have another company. Abort Springs, Offshore is what it's abort called. Abort Offshore. Mm-hmm. And they have decided that they're going to start doing abortions in the Gulf of Mexico. According to them, they've already started. They claim that on July 23rd, they had done 34 abortions as a test. By August 3rd, they claim to have provided more than 100 abortions. And 10 days later, the company tweeted that, that it had performed nearly 200 abortions for women from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. And the guy who's doing this is a guy named Michael Kimbrough. He's a former mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. He's also admitting that he knows nothing about doing this. Mm-hmm. He's admitted that he's had many lawsuits against him in the past and various endeavors he, he's been involved in. Not to mention he's acquired a number of fraud accusations and online complaints from customers from his other businesses. And he's currently serving a five-year probation in Texas from charges related to moving money from one company to another. Of course, the journalist who was interviewing him asked him about that. He said that he's not actually under probation, that the case has not been adjudicated, so therefore it falls under the probation department. Um, um, I don't buy he, that. His big claim to fame is he's never been processed into jail. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now this whole thing has fallen apart, and the abortion lobby... Mm-hmm. is out here acting like they're the victim of all this, that this guy's victimized them and and he's cast aspersions upon the idea of having a ship out here in the Gulf of Mexico. Where, well, because when they started doing this, it wasn't actually too long after this Meg Autry, we covered this on the show, she had said that she had been planning to launch a similar kind of deal where she was going to have a boat off the Gulf of Mexico to do abortions, but it, she needed the $20 million to get that started. Yeah, this guy, Kimbrough, his response was, quote, I could probably give abortions on the moon if I had a couple of years and $20 million. <laughs> so, but anyway, the abortion okay. industry is acting like they're Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm here and been taken advantage of by this fast-talking, slick criminal. This article, if you go through and they read it, they basically imply that if you take away legal abortion, these are the people 
that are going to be doing abortions. As if there's a stark contrast between legal abortion and illegal abortion and the quality of the providers and who's doing them. Apparently not. And that's a <laughs> sham. In this article, there's a quote. It says, he is, I learned exactly the kind of abortion provider one would expect to pop up in a growing void of safe legal options where patients are desperate. Kimbrough has no experience in any field even adjacent to abortion. Well, They don't worry about that on the people they hire in these abortion mills right now. There's a number of people who have operated abortion clinics yep. who had no prior experience. Yeah. Not to mention the doctors or the washouts of medicine. What was that one doctor who was a wrestler a for a while? Professional wrestler, yeah. He was a professional wrestler. Right. And, and then got into doing abortions. And he killed a 15-year-old girl. Yeah. But anyway, what the abortion industry needs to realize, you operate a scum industry. You're not going to get the cream of the crop to come work in an abortion clinic, whether it's legal or illegal or out on a ship or mm -hmm. on some spaceship or whatever it might be. This is what you get. So don't act like this is weird. If you want to get into that, we could do a whole series of shows mm -hmm. on the sketchy characters that have been involved in legal abortion. We should do that. That'd be a you. really good episode. We'll do that. Sketchy characters. Yeah. I mean, the Chinese bandits who you're talking about. I can't remember his name now. But um, he wrestled under that. Is it Chepko? I feel like... No, no. That's Marlon Chepko. And it's talking about other sketchy characters. Oh, yeah. He oh, was the guy from Mississippi. Oh, I know who he is now. Who, yeah. who is a member of the National and International Diaper Pail Association. Oh, please don't tell people what that is. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and for the love of everything, please do not Google it. <laughs> That's Marlon my... Chepko. He Google and his it. lovely bride were involved in some pretty... Bizarre and unsavory. Kinky practices. Very, very kinky. That most people who might even be involved in kinky practices would say, no, that's over the line that's for me. That's a bit too much for me. <laughs> right, so that's over the line. Anyway, so don't come in here and act like you're all Marcus Welby or something. Well, this yeah. writer talks about in this article, they wanted to talk to the quote, quote, abortionists and staff. Of course, the journalist couldn't get in contact with them, so the journalist was asking him about their procedures, and he said... They don't use preventative antibiotics. They don't have any emergency medications on board. And the protocol is that if there are complications offshore, is to contact the Coast Guard and 911 if they are onshore. So they're going to call the Coast Guard after, out there if they have an exactly. emergency of some sort. And the writer of this deal was understandably outraged about that. But again, they were implying as if the abortion industry is so far superior I mean, how many times have we seen cases where women had botched abortions and ha suffered consequences because they didn't have emergency or technology or training on there? Right. Yeah. We had the case years ago, and we did a video on it, Christy's Choice, with mm -hmm. a young lady named Christy Style. She was left in a permanent vegetative state mm -hmm. as a result of an abortion she had done in Colorado. And the reason for it was she was overdosed on anesthesia mm -hmm. in the malpractice trial that came up afterward. It was found out that the abortionist had no training in anesthesia at all. He was doing general anesthesia with no training. Wow. They had no crash cart. They no crash cart. They had no advanced transfer agreement to a hosp emergency hospital. They had nothing. They might as well have been doing this abortion on the 50-yard line of a football game for all the help they had. So don't act like your standards are so much higher than what this guy was talking about. And let's not forget Tanya Reeves. I mean, oh, yeah. she had a uterine perforation, and they just wheeled her into a hallway and let her bleed for five hours. And she died. So, yeah, don't start coming in here to like you guys are above all this sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, we got another article here. They're developing prenatal tests for autism. 
According to the writer, it is a group of neuroanatomists who presented a paper to the annual experimental biology conference in which they suggested that MRI brain scans on unborn children are able to predict diagnoses of autism because a certain brain region called the insular lobe was much larger for autistic children than those okay. who are not autistic. Let me tell you what the number one takeaway from this will be. More abortions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like when the testing started coming out on Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. They're lauding this as a gigantic leap forward for medicine because, not because it, they could cure Down syndrome, they weren't even trying to do that, just identifying it earlier in the pregnancy so parents could make the right decision. In other words, make the decision about whether this child should be allowed to live or die. And now, as a result of that, what is it, 97%? In Iceland, yeah. Well, Iceland is 100%, but even almost, here in the United almost. States, yeah. it's an extremely high percentage mm -hmm. of all children diagnosed in utero with Down syndrome are killed or yeah. executed. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to be the deal here. Yeah. But you have better prenatal testing for autism. All you're looking for is not a cure. You're just looking to identify it earlier. This is what happens to an industry like the medical community when you allow abortion it becomes used for things like this. And every time we have one of these things, whether it's autism or Down syndrome or whatever it might be, uh, I remember cleft palate was one years ago that they were mm -hmm. looking at you could identify early. The takeaway from it always is the same thing. Now we can identify this earlier in the pregnancy, which would allow people to decide whether to have the child killed or not. And instead of coming up with cures to different diseases and illnesses and, and prevention of different things, it becomes about, well, we'll just abort the problem away. Yeah. I mean, what incentive is there really, when you think about it, to come up with cures if abortion is just there is your Band-Aid solution? It's well, your default position. Yeah. Why, why bother with it? Why spend the money if you can just abort it away? Just kill the baby and be done with it. We can eliminate everything. We can eliminate every social problem in the world. You want to do away with hunger? Kill everybody that's hungry. You want to eliminate homelessness? Round up all the homeless people in the world and execute them. Now you don't have homelessness anymore. It sounds really harsh, but how is that different? It's no different. That's exactly what they're saying here. Yeah. It's exactly what's going on here. The writer of this article, a Matthew Schneider, he wrote, As an autistic, I worry that these tests will lead to aborting people like me. I myself would not have been aborted as my mom is fully pro-life, but I feel so sad for others who might have been. He goes on later on to say, if a person is not worthy of being born due to some condition, what does that say about those already born with that condition? It would seem to encourage wider discrimination in the forms of not accepting children or not accommodating adults. It could also reduce support for the already limited resources dedicating to looking for treatments that help autistics live a full life since society could just abort the condition away. Yeah. And I want you to bring me in because I've known some parents and I've mm -hmm. read articles and seen videos. For example, in the case of Down syndrome, show me a parent of a Down syndrome child that says they don't love that child. Yeah, It's exactly. astonishing. And the other thing I want to mention on this is how many times do we see the same people on the left who are always claiming that they fight for people with disabilities, and yet they will turn around and defend abortion and say, well, what in the case of a disability? What if that kid has Down syndrome? Right. It's like, how dare you fight for these people over here talking about their value and their worth and then turn around and tell people, well, you know what? If the parents want to abort them because they're different, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's the false compassion of mm -hmm. the left. These people are really good at exploiting compassion for political reasons. 
But they wouldn't know compassion if it jumped up and bit them on the butt. They don't have any idea about what compassion is. Yeah. And compassion, for example, in the case of Down syndrome children, what they're really saying is we're going to kill them for their own good. Yeah. We'll execute them for their own good. Because they're not like us, because they can't see life like us. So right. therefore, their life must not have value. Yeah. Um, we've talked before about you get all these pro-aborts talking about overpopulation in the world. Well, as we've talked about on this podcast numerous times, that's not the case. In fact, two episodes ago, we talked about the issues that China is having right now. Well, Japan, France. France mm-hmm. is now giving $2,000 per child for women. You don't even have to be married. Just if you'll have a baby, we'll give you some money. Mm-hmm. Russia just announced they're going to give 1 million rubles to any woman who's willing to have 10 children or more. 10 or more children. They have such a population problem, mm-hmm. and it's starting to affect their economy which it's affecting our economy too, by the way. Oh, yeah. We're at negative population growth if you take out immigration. Well, Russia is as averaging 1.5 births per woman. Well, you have to have 2.1 just to maintain mm-hmm. your population. Theoretically, levels. that's the theory on it, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're having 1.5, 1.3, something like that. Well, it also says the percentage of population between 15 and 64 years in Russia has fallen from 72% in 2011 to 66% in 2021. Losses, of course, have accelerated because of the invasion of Ukraine. Now, they're giving these women, if you'll have 10 children, mm-hmm. we'll give you a million rubles. Of course, there is a caveat to that, and that is to women who have 10 or more children with a, quote, appropriate level of care for health, education, physical, spiritual, yeah, gotta, and moral development. they got to take care of them. Yeah. They don't want you to just spit them out and then give them over to the government. But the theory is that we got to have more people. Mm-hmm. Remember what we talked about at the end of the Soviet Union. We had a show on this. Mm-hmm. The abortion rate in the Soviet Union was astronomical. It was... Was it like eight abortions, nine abortions? The average woman during childbearing years had between eight and nine abortions wow. during her childbearing years. Yeah. 64% of all first pregnancies were aborted, legally aborted, and that didn't count the illegal abortions. There were places in the Soviet Union where it was common for women to have 20 to 25 abortions during their childbearing years. So they started seeing that this is really affecting our economy and our social structure. And women were having major health problems as a result of all these abortions. So now they've seen the result of this, and they're willing to give uh, a million rubles if you have 10 kids. Which is apparently 150% of the nation's average annual salary. Right. It's $16,600 in American money Mm -hmm. is a million rubles. And it doesn't sound like much money, but it's, like you said, 150% of the annual salary of the average Russian. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a sum of money. Yeah. You've got to have 10 children. But but they're saying we're having a problem with diminishing working class. We don't have enough people to fill jobs. We're having that same problem right here. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, that's the underlying issue in the immigration issue. You say, why aren't we stopping this immigration problem? Why are the Democrats so insistent that we have this open borders policy with South America and Central America and Mexico? And the reason is very simple. Those people that are coming in are not taking jobs away from Americans that don't want them. They're taking the jobs of Americans that don't exist. Because of the high abortion rate, we're at a negative population growth in the United States. They need those people here Mm -hmm. to fill those jobs. And if they didn't have them, then what would happen is it would expose what the left has been doing for the last 40 or 50 years. Like they do every few years, they'll talk about granting mass amounts of amnesty to people and getting them citizenship. 
And, or at least work documents. Yeah. Let them work here, even if they still are citizens of Mexico. So we can collect money from it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've written a couple of articles about this issue, but I promise you 100% mm-hmm. abortion, if you start peeling away the onion of mm-hmm. immigration and you get down to the core, it's abortion. Abortion created this situation. The American economy and the left knows this, and we know it right here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas has got probably the best economy in the country and has had for years. Yeah, Our economy would collapse without Hispanic workers here. You go into any job site in North Texas, if you go into a construction site, and you'll very often see that 100% of the workers there are Hispanics. Our economy would collapse without them. Mm-hmm. And the left knows that, and that's why they don't want to do anything to prevent these millions of people from coming in mm-hmm. into the United States. Any of these Gen Zers who love socialism or communism so much, go to Russia. You love communism You so love much. communism, and you'll get paid to have babies. I mean... What well, could be better than that? Go for it. Uh, the World Economic Forum, in another article we've seen, another story developed here, mm-hmm. is suggesting that there are solid, rational reasons to have your children microchipped. Yep. This is very dangerous. We're getting into some really dangerous waters here. People in the original article are suggesting that augmented technology, as they call it, so augmented people, is no different than glasses or hearing aids. It's just an evolution of that. And there's only a stigma of it because it's new and we don't understand it, but it's no big deal. And that there are benefits to doing it. It says the augmenting technology will help all stages of life. Children learn in a learning environment, professionals at work, and ambitious senior citizens, whatever that means. There are many possibilities. Should you implant a tracking chip in your child? There are solid rational reasons for it, like safety. Yeah, and it would never be used, I'm sure, as these children age, to find out what political meetings they might be going to. The danger here is astronomical. Yeah. But they always sell it with some major benefit. And I, oh, yeah. I, I saw some story not long ago on television about, about this issue of chipping your children. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, this way, if your child gets snatched off the street or some sexual deviant or something takes your child, you'll be able to look on your computer and see instantly where they are. You can justify it on that basis. Yeah. But you have to look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. What is the downside of this? And the downside of this idea of every American being microchipped means that somebody has access to where you are at all times. Yep. You know, I had an experience with this personally here a few years ago. I had a um, Chevrolet Avalanche pickup. Mm-hmm. And when you buy that from Chevrolet, you can have an OnStar mm-hmm. thing, which allows you to connect with somebody if you have a wreck or if you have a flat. They can call emergency services They can for call you. emergency. Yeah. And there's a OnStar office. I don't even know where it is in the United States, but it's run by General Motors. And if you have OnStar, you're connected to them at all times. I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want General Motors to know where my car is at any given moment. And I don't want General Motors to have that information that would then be subject to a subpoena Mm-hmm. By the government. We want to know where Mark Crutcher is tonight. We hear there's a John Birch Society meeting in Dallas. And we want to know if he's there. Or anything else. It doesn't it matter. Whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take the OnStar. Mm-hmm. But it still had the button and everything. But it still it. had all the hardware in the car for that. Mm-hmm. We're riding to Fort Worth one day in the Avalanche. And we're just riding along. And all of a sudden, this woman's talking to me. There's a speaker in the mm-hmm. in the roof of this car for the OnStar. And she's saying, hello, Mr. Crutcher. We, um, this is Katie or whatever from OnStar. 
And uh, we see you never signed up for OnStar. You never subscribed. And we'd like to offer you a free trial subscription or a cheap one or something. You know, how do I know how long she's been listening? In to that your car, conversation. To yeah. our conversation in that car. Mm-hmm. Because she came on and we never heard anything. We never heard a beep or a click or anything. She just all of a sudden talking to me. And I said, no, I do not want OnStar. And I want to know how I can take this out of my car. I don't mm-hmm. want you to have the ability to just, let's listen in on this conversation with these people in, in Texas and see what they're talking about. It's not like a phone where you even have the option of declining the call or anything. It's just, they're going to talk to you whether you like it or not. Yeah, just imagine that somebody can all of a sudden have a speaker and ever ha- a microphone in every room of your house. You think telemarketing is bad now. The next week, I took that car to the local Chevrolet dealer here. Mm-hmm. And I told the guy there at the service department, I said, I want to know what I can do to disable this OnStar and told him the situation. I said, I didn't know that if I didn't take the service, they still had access to my car, mm-hmm. that they could still do whatever they wanted to. it. They can unlock your doors. Mm-hmm. They can do all sorts of things. And it all sounds real good. If you lock your keys in your car, all you do is call OnStar and they'll unlock your car. Sounds real good. But as long as you trust whoever's on the other end. Uh, you're an idiot if you trust these people in this mysterious building somewhere that you don't even know who they are or where it is anyway i said i want to know how we can take this thing out he said we can't as the dealer we can't take it out and i said okay what if i go in and i find the wires to the microphone into the speaker and all that and i clip those wires he said well what you have to understand is your airbags works through onstar and he said if you clip those your airbags then would be disabled and he said, that's why we can't do anything about it. Because if we undo that OnStar, mm-hmm. your airbags don't work. Now, you go out and get in the wreck, and we undid your OnStar, and therefore undid your airbags, then uh, we're in the soup with you. So we can't do it. They basically made it so you can't take it out. Like, that's the whole function of routing it through everything in yeah, the car. Yeah, instead of having it in a standalone system, which you could then disable, mm-hmm. they ran it through your radio and through your... Uh, they integrated it basically through the whole car. And your airbags. So you couldn't get rid of it. There's no way to get rid of it. Well, an OnStar could cut the power to your car. They could unlock the doors or lock the doors, that kind of thing. Oh, and there's some good things to it. If your airbags are set off, it automatically calls for emergency. And that's the way they sell it mm-hmm. at the dealership. I don't want General Motors. I don't want Uncle Sam. I don't want the IRS. You don't want anybody to have that power, yeah. I don't want to give them that power. This is dangerous. And when I raised a ruckus with them about it, and I said, what about a, a subpoena? Let's say the government wants to know where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Not because I've committed any crime or anything, but just because... Just because they wanted to know. Yeah. want to know if I'm at this political meeting or whatever it might be. Can they show up with a subpoena and you'll give them the information or let them have access to the tracking of my vehicle? Oh, no, no. We would never do that. We're insulated from that. We don't... OnStar does not provide any of that. That's nonsense. They're not insulated from the law. If they show up with a court order saying we want to know mm-hmm. the information on this particular car... They're going to give it to them. Yeah. I guarantee you they will. So, in effect, OnStar will become an extension of the federal government. Everybody needs to go back and read 1984. hmm And talking about living in an era of Big Brother. Yeah. We're there. We are there right now. And this is all really dangerous stuff. And if you don't think it's dangerous, think about what just happened to a former president of the United States. If they can do to the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, who may Mm -hmm. run again, if his political enemies can do to him what they just did in Mar-a-Lago with this incredible invasion of his home. 
And took his passports, yeah. Took his passports, took, is a real broad thing. Basically, they could take anything in that house they wanted by just saying that we think this is evidence of a crime. It's unbelievable. If they can do that to the President of the United States, don't think for one minute they can't do worse to just the average person on the street who doesn't have the resources to expose this that Donald Trump has. Mm -hmm. We're living in very scary times. And all this technology, we've got to reel this stuff in. It's getting scary. Well, if you like this show, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, the Wherever list goes on. Wherever you get on. your podcast, we're yeah. there. We need you to get your friends listening. So please help us out on that. And don't forget to financially support Life Dynamics. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything without you. Till next Thursday, remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. Mm-mm, we're here to win. Because winning is how the killing stops. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys.